Welcome to Mending Fences, a podcast about effective ways to communicate and live with differences. I'm Patrice Bremner. And I'm Jen Hawthorne. We're both family law mediators and collaborative law attorneys, but our conversations go well beyond family law. We explore the personal, interpersonal, legal, and cultural impact of conflict. Welcome back to Mending Fences. I'm Patrice Bremner, and I'm here with Jen Hawthorne for what might be a quick episode. Hi, Patrice. Hi, Jen. Jen and I are going to talk a little bit about what has changed for us as dispute resolution professionals, practitioners in our lives as a result of the work we do. And 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 so how we've come to see conflict differently, walk through conflict differently, and reflect on maybe relationships differently because of the work we do. How does that sound, Jen? That sounds great to me. Okay. So I know we've had conversations about this in the past and they might have slipped into different episodes of Mending Fences, but I wanted to specifically do this one today because I had an experience with my teenager this morning that started with a fight. I don't even, it was an early morning trying to get out the door, whatever. I don't even know why it happened. One of our listeners with teenagers has been there. Yeah. I mean, it's just like all of a sudden there's a conflict and yeah. I'm going, wow, how did this even start? What is this even about? And we worked our way to a resolution of it. And at the end, she was you know, about to walk out the door. Her ride was going to be here any minute. And I was in a different part of the house when I realized like, oh, I really want to thank her for the way she walked through that. And I went and found her to say, and, and my words were something like, I thanked her for valuing the peace between us because she applied her own skills. And I don't know where they came from. I'm not sure they came from me, but whatever, in shifting and reframing things between us. And I was doing the same thing until we were able to say goodbye and I love you and have a great day and all of that. And it just meant a lot to me that she's that kind of person. Yeah, I think... First of all, I think probably if I had to make an educated guess, you've been modeling those skills for her over time, I would guess. Can't see Patrice's face, but I can. And she was making a face saying she doesn't think so. But I think probably. I think we definitely have talked about this before. Our kids learn about conflict from all different sources, from TV and shows and YouTube and TikTok and all the things that kids are watching, but also from watching their families. And I think that it's really great that you were able to finish your morning fight by recognizing those things in each other and finding value in that. I would guess it brought a whole different tone to the rest of your day than if you had walked away in the middle of a fight and been thinking about how the last thing you did with each other today was, was argue. I know as you were describing your situation, I was thinking of something recently that happened in my household And I'm not sure how much it has to do with me changing as a person, but it's really similarly like the way that we lucky to have a second mediator in my household also. And so the way when there's big family conflicts that we deal with them as often as we can is by talking them out and getting everyone to share their thoughts and feelings. And pretty recently we had a big disagreement it was actually between me and and one of my bonus daughters, but it involved everybody because it happened at dinner. And so we created sort of a circle and we did a restorative justice circle talk 
um, where we had an actual, like each person could talk. I don't actually remember if we were holding something, but we were metaphorically at least holding something and you weren't allowed to interrupt. And we just went around a couple of times with everyone sharing their thoughts and feelings on what had just happened. And um, there was a moment where my, one of my sons said, you know what? I would rather, instead of talking right now, I would rather listen to what everybody says first. And then I'll say something afterwards, because I really just first want to hear from everybody else and understand where everyone else is coming from. And it was that same sort of like, I feel like it's the same sort of feeling you had this morning of me just feeling like, wow, where did he get that from? Like, how is he just, and he is a middle kid. So maybe it's that middle kid thing where, you know, he's been navigating conflicts between his father and I when we were married and then between himself and his two siblings for his whole life. So he just has it. But I was very, very impressed. And overall, the way I would have handled a conflict, probably with my own sister or my own parents years ago, we would have fought, walked away, maybe come back together and maybe just sort of buried the conflict and not talked it out. And now with a combination of mediators in my household, we sat and we talked and I think we actually made progress in terms of everyone understanding where everyone else was coming from, which is, as we definitely have also talked about in past episodes, that's how you really resolve a conflict instead of just moving on from a conflict. Yeah, that's awesome, Jen. I love your son's ability to say what to say what he needed in that yeah. moment or what was going to work for him and to even have the self-awareness that that's so the the self-awareness that that's what he wanted but then the ability yeah. to actually voice it and say and speak it to the room that that was what he needed that's awesome yeah but i also want to say cuz i'm a big fan of and i so i want to make this distinction i am a big fan of walking away but coming back but yeah. walking away from the heat of something that I've learned better and better to do that. And I think it's helped in my family to for, for things not to escalate because we all have permission to be able to say, I can't do this right now. Like if we keep going, it's, it's not going to go well. So we need to pause and... And then do some reflection and come back and and for everyone to feel like that's okay. You're not, it's it's not, it's okay to leave in the middle. Yeah. So it's different than what, you know, what I hear you saying is something different. And I know you didn't mean to not do what I just talked about, but right. it's different. It's the circling I, back. Right. It's the circling yeah. back. Because I think that it, like in my family growing up, we also would, you know, the, the dust would settle and nobody would want to bring it up again. Yeah. Which is different. Right. Exactly. I think it's, it's whether you can do it in the moment or not, but when you return to a, a rational space in your own mind of thinking, it's returning to that conversation and really putting on those fresh ears and listening again. And I'm trying really hard to understand where everyone is coming from. and. That is something that I think I could not, if you asked me to, articulate when it happened for me. But I think doing this work has made me better at that self-reflection and that vulnerability and that being able to acknowledge that I made a mistake. Yeah. I mean, and in so many tiny ways along the way. So not just in moments of 
noticeable conflict, but I think there are a million little ways that we're probably different that end up helping us avoid conflict. Right. You know, and we're not even maybe aware of it. I mean, I think I'm just, I'm faster to want to see things from other people's perspectives. I think I'm more able to remember to, when someone's making an effort in a difficult conversation, I'm much more appreciative. I might not have noticed before. And so even if it's somebody outside my family, like it could be anything, it could be a customer service person, but if they have made the effort to show up in a difficult conversation with some grace or some humanity, I'm really grateful for it. And I'm faster to acknowledge it. I think that's true of myself as well. I don't know if I've told you this story before, but several years ago, after I was a mediator for quite a few years, and I was, you know, in my mid thirties by this point, I was, or late thirties, maybe even, I was helping my larger family, my dad's side of the family, navigate a really some difficult choices around my grandfather's health and care and where my grandparents should live and things like that. It was all happening via email. And for my, definitely my teenage years, and I'm not sure how long before that, my mom would always tell me, you know, I know you have strong opinions. You need to learn how to state them more diplomatically. And she would tell me that often. And I was just like, no, I don't. I can say what I'm thinking. I can say what I mean. So we're in this conflict conversation, this conflict-oriented conversation with my family. And people are, you know, it's really hard stuff to talk about if people have differences of opinion about what should happen with elderly family members. So I wrote this email that just sort of laid out both sides and asked people to think about some things and different things like that. And my dad read the email and he looked over and he was like, so what it took for you to learn to be diplomatic was a law degree and then becoming a mediator. And I was like, I'm not sure the law degree helped that dad, (laughs) but I know that the mediation skills did. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you think about it and this is, we're getting a little maybe off topic, but like I, I went to law school and became a lawyer because I felt like a natural advocate. Not, I didn't go because I felt like a natural negotiator or mediator. I felt like a natural advocate. And then somewhere along the line, you know, you get into mediation and have to kind of back off that. And, and then, but this, what we're talking about, like the, what's become kind of a go-to response, it's different. Like there's been a shift for me over the years and I can still lose my cool. I can still be crazy and have to come back later and say, I'm sorry, I lost my temper. Um, It still happens. And that's, maybe that's a different conversation because I think I feel like I shouldn't because of my job, you know, I, I sometimes think like, wow, I should, I really, I should, I'm not showing up as a very good dispute resolution professional in the world if I lose my temper, but I'm a human. Yeah, I think that's the piece. And maybe that is part of a larger conversation, but just to to touch on that today for a second, I don't think you're being a bad dispute resolution professional, I think. And I think it's fair to explain to other people sometimes everybody has a certain amount of conflict that they can withstand. And the the other truth about our job as conflict resolution professionals is we're sitting in other people's conflict all day long. Sometimes that reduces my capacity to be rational in my own conflicts because that is just gone. Like I feel sometimes like I haven't reserved any of it 
And so the things that particularly children in my life, like my children do, pushed me over the edge faster than they should. But I also think that doing this for work has given me that space and that, like I said before, that self-reflection and that ability to be vulnerable and to go back to them and say, you know what? I'm really sorry. That was not about you. I can recognize that in myself. I want you to understand. I didn't like what you did, but my reaction was over the top. And here's what happened to me today. And it's not an excuse, but just so that you understand that can happen. And I think that in and of itself is teaching younger people how to manage conflict sometimes. Absolutely. Sometimes not well, but sometimes. No, that's really well said, Jen. And that's that's been my experience too. You were just, I've had those conversations in my family, like almost verbatim. And yeah. it did come from this. I, you know, I remember when I was in mediation training, however many years ago, I remember during that training, like halfway through realizing I'm coming home to my family and already using what I'm learning in the mediation. I mean, I feel like everybody should do mediation training. Yes. We should all know oh, how I to so agree with that. Yeah. We should all know how to have these conversations and how to yeah. listen. There's a, as you know, I, I do some training for DMTA for mediation training and there's a homework assignment that happens every session where they have to go home and any conflict that comes up in their lives over a weekend, like between training sessions, they have to brainstorm options. Like not wow. solve it, but brainstorm as many options for how they could solve that problem as possible. And that in and of itself, that trying hard to think outside of the box, I think is a... a useful skill that literally everyone in the world should have, as well as understanding the difference between interests, goals, and positions. Yeah, I love that exercise. And I think this might be a good place to to end for today, but I'm going to take that with me and think like, I want to try that. I want to, next time I end up in a, maybe someone outside my family, maybe something where the stakes are low, um, be able to like give myself that as an assignment. Like what, you know, can I brainstorm How many different options can I brainstorm around that? Right, right. Because we're asking clients to do it all the time. Yeah. Sure, I always do it in my real life, but it's a great exercise to do. Yeah. Well, thanks, Jen. This was a nice little talk. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. We'll keep talking. 